So over the last few weeks, I've, I've brought some items from our kitchen in to illustrate my messages for you. A few weeks ago, I brought my stirring spoon and showed you that. Last week, I brought that really sharp chef's knife. I've still not cut myself with the chef's knife, so that's a good thing. There's an item in our kitchen that I'm thinking about today, but I wasn't about to bring it in because honestly, it, this item terrifies me. It scares me. I don't like to touch it. I don't like to use it. Uh, Trish gives me careful instructions every now and then on what to do with this thing. She tells me how to adjust it, but, but I just know, I just know that it's going to blow up in my face one of these days. It's our pressure cooker. <laughs> I don't like to touch the pressure cooker. Now, the pressure cooker is a, is an ingenious device. It seals shut. It builds up pressure. The higher the pressure, the lower the boiling point, right? I mean, it's, it's science. And so the result is that in a very short time, you, you end up with food that tastes like it's been slow roasted all day. I mean, she puts a beef roast and my mouth is watering thinking about it right now. She puts a beef roast in there. She puts some carrots, some onions, some potatoes, a few other things. I don't know. She kisses it. It's amazing. It's magical. And a short time later, we have this wonderful, delicious, tender roast. It's, it's absolutely delicious. The trade-off is you've got that little gauge on the pressure cooker, right? And you've got to watch the gauge. You've got to watch how much pressure is building. And then you've got that little button that terrifies me. And she'll tell me, take a, take a wooden spoon and push that. And, and I stand back and I push and psh, it makes all kinds of noise and... I just don't I just don't like having to mess with the pressure cooker. Wouldn't it be great if we all had one of these though? Wouldn't it be great if we all had a pressure gauge? You know, you just got it right there on your head, you got a little pressure gauge, and someone walks up to you and starts a conversation and they see just how much pressure's there, they go, Oh well, back off, just wait a little bit, you know, and he's gonna pop, I don't wanna talk to him right now. Maybe if we had a little pressure gauge and we had a conversation with someone, maybe we'd also have a little button they could push, you know, and they see the pressure's rising too much, they push the button, they let the pressure off for us, they help us find a place of peace. The Bible doesn't talk about pressure in that way, but the Bible talks about being under fire. There's verses that talk about being tried by fire and tested by fire. In the Bible, it's not so much about meat as it is about metal. We talk about testing your metal, right? Seeing what you're made of. Nothing about testing like that sounds pleasant. Nothing about it sounds easy. Though We know that there are times of testing that come, times of pressure that come in our lives that are difficult. But you know, like that roast that Trish puts in our pressure cooker, like that roast on the other side of that time of pressure, that time of testing, uh, we come out better on the other side. That pressure, that testing, that fire reveals what's on the inside. It reveals God's presence in you. Now that's a wonderful thing, but it takes a special perspective when going through those difficult times. Nothing, nothing about living in a pressure cooker sounds pleasant. Nothing about living in a pressure cooker sounds easy or fun. Faith and hope are difficult when we go through times of trial, but it's important for us to keep our eyes on what God is doing through those hard times. What is he doing in us? What is he producing within us? And so I would ask you to consider the question, what has tested you? What has tested you? Every one of us, could probably point to something different that we've been through. 
And we could call that a time of testing, a time of trial. Some of us might point to sickness, maybe a sickness that we've gone through, maybe a sickness that someone we love has gone through and we were there with them and we say, that's, that's what tested my faith. That's what tested who I am. You might point to a bad relationship. And you may say that that was a time of testing or, or maybe it's a job that you struggle with or maybe it's a job that you have or a job that you don't have and you say, that's really tested me. But whatever it is that you faced, whether you faced it alone or whether you faced it with the support of your family and your friends, what matters is the perspective you gained from what you went through. You chose to view that time, that difficult time, you chose to view that not just as chance circumstances that every now and then life just stinks and bad things happen. You chose to see something bigger happening within you. We're moving through the book of Proverbs over the summer. Not, not really in any particular order as we make our way through Proverbs. We're examining these different little sayings that are in the book of Proverbs, different lessons that the book contains. Short sentences, long remembered. Short sentences that work in us. They work, they, they work on us. They come away, we come away from them changed. We come away from them with different perspectives. We come away seeing things in Proverbs that we see nowhere else in the Bible. In fact, there's one that we're looking at today that we find nowhere else but in the book of Proverbs. It's in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 3. In those blue Bibles in front of you, it's page 540. Proverbs 17, verse 3. And it simply says, The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, and the Lord tests hearts. We hear the word crucible, we might need some help defining what a crucible is, remembering what a crucible is. A crucible is a melting pot, pot for melting metal. Sometimes the crucible is made out of metal itself, sometimes it's ceramic, but the crucible is heated, the metal inside becomes molten, the, the silver is placed in there, it becomes molten. We, the same thing is with the furnace for gold, the other phrase that's here, it's the same idea. The gold has to be heated, and as it's heated, the impurities in the gold are burned off, and the result is that the metal has been refined. The metal comes away of a, as, as having a greater value. And there's that sense that the trials that you and I endure, they strengthen our faith. They burn off the impurities. We often say, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? What doesn't kill us makes our faith stronger. We spent the first part of the year in the book of James. James says the same thing right out of the, right out of the gate from the very beginning. James says in chapter 1, verse 2, Count it all joy, my brothers! When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I feel like I need to point out that there's nothing in this proverb about the, about the tri trials and testing. There's nothing that says God causes that trial. There's nothing that says God causes that thing that tests us. In fact, James makes a point a little later on of saying, when you are tested, let no one say, God is testing me. Rather, it's the second half of the proverb. When that pressure is on, when that pressure is on, the, the proverb says, the Lord tests hearts. During that time of pressure, he tests to see what's underneath. He sees the strength 
that you've never seen before in yourself. He sees the strength that was either always there or the strength that has grown. And so often when we're going through times of difficulty, we ask the question, why me? Why is this happening to me? But you know, the, the question we need to ask ourselves is, is a much more constructive question than that. I, the question we need to ask ourselves is, what has our testing revealed? What has the test that I've been through revealed in me? When the silver and gold is put to the fire, the dross, the impurities, rise to the top, and the silversmith will scrape that off or let it burn off. And like that, we've seen times when we've endured challenges, and what's risen to the top has been faith, hope, love. You know, we've seen those qualities, those, uh, those qualities that we value greatly come to the top. But we would also have to admit, sometimes what surfaces is ugly. Sometimes what surfaces is, is anger and, and selfishness. Sometimes when that time of testing comes, a person doesn't get better, sometimes they get bitter. We've, we've seen that happen with people. You go back in the Bible to the book of Ruth. We read about Ruth and we read about her mother-in-law, Naomi. And Naomi is a lady who has been through a time of testing, a time of trial. She's lost her husband. She's lost both of her sons. She's been through war. She's been through famine. She's left with a daughter-in-law that she doesn't really know and has no connection to. And so when Naomi gets back home, her friends say, Naomi is back. And she tells the people who have known her her entire life, she says, don't call me Naomi. That's not my name anymore. She says, instead, call me Mara. Mara is the Hebrew word for bitter. Naomi allowed her bitterness to become her identity. She was known for her bitterness. Oh, we've known people like that, haven't we? We've known people who have been known for their, for their bitterness. We've seen that. We've seen people go through trials and come out worse. If I, if I can be entirely honest with you, and I think I can, I think about the trials that we've endured at times, trials in, in our family. We've been through some difficult stuff. You, you know that. And there's times I stop and I realize the tough stuff's not all behind us. There's more tough stuff ahead. And there's times I have to stop and ask myself, what's not to say that, that I'm going to come out bitter? Oh, I find myself wondering, what's not to say that, that what's going to rise to the surface is my own bitterness? How do I make sure that what rises to the top is pure, it's solid, it's more solid faith? The last book in your Old Testament is the book of Malachi. Malachi kind of puts the cap on the Old Testament message. Israel had been going through a time of testing during Malachi, and it was going to get worse. The Greeks are coming. They're going to overrun. They're going to take, they're going to take Israel. They're going to take Judah. And then after the Greeks, the Romans are coming, and Israel will be subjugated. They will be enslaved. They will be oppressed by the Romans. But Malachi, sitting there at the end of the book, he, he wants to assure the readers, he wants to assure us that after that time of trial, God, and during that time of trial, God is still present. During that time of trial, God is still there. You, know, you and I read these words from Malachi chapter 3, and you and I read them with eyes that can see ahead. 
We know that 400 years later, John the Baptist is coming, and we hear that in these words. We know that 400 years later, Jesus is coming. We, we hear that in these words. But for those who were hearing them for the first time, what was the promise for them? Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, God says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare a way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Ah, but who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old, as in former years. 400 years later, Jesus would come from the tribe of Judah. 400 years later, Jesus would come to Jerusalem, to the temple. The Lord will come to his temple and he would present himself as an offering, as a sacrifice in Jerusalem. But that's 400 years later. Until then, in that time of trial, what do they have to rely on? What do they have to strengthen them? There's that promise in verse 3. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. Now, my understanding, what I've read of silversmiths and what they do is they have the crucible there under fire they have the silver inside the crucible and the refiner the, the, the silversmith has to sit there over that uh, that crucible with that molten silver in it that the refiner sits there and takes the heat with the metal and he watches that pot he watches that crucible and what he's watching for is for all of that dross, all of that impurity to come to the top and be burned off. And there is a moment when that molten silver becomes reflective and becomes clear. And at that moment, the refiner can see his image. He can see his reflection in the silver. That's when he knows that it's done. That's when he knows that it's ready. The promise isn't just the heat. The promise isn't just that problems are coming. The promise is that the refiner sits over the fire. The refiner is there as you endure your struggles. It doesn't just tell us who we are. It tells us that his image is seen in us. Now until then, until the struggles of life are over, the refiner hovers over us. He's there taking the heat with us. He is there feeling the pain with you and holding you close during that whole process. And so the call is to trust God in the process and find peace in what he creates in you. The crucible is for silver. The furnace is for gold. And the Lord tests the hearts. If you've been reading through Proverbs, one of the things you've noticed, I mean, I've seen it as I've made my way through Proverbs, is there are themes that come back over and over again. There are images that are built on over and over again. There are certain things that just seem to pop back up again and again. The, the first half of that verse 
The crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold. That, that's a phrase that's only used in the book of Proverbs. But it's used twice. Ten chapters later, this is Proverbs chapter 17, verse 3, but ten chapters later in chapter 27, verse 21, by the way, that's page 549 if you're following along on those Bibles. Ten chapters later, that phrase, that exact phrase, pops up again. But here, the second half is different. It's a different testing. It's a different focus. It's a different way of seeing God's presence through the trials, through the fire, that you find yourself going through. Proverbs 27, 21. The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, and a man is tested by his praise. Boy, you... You can't miss the connection. I mean, the first half is just copy and paste, right? Just copy and paste from, from, the, from the verse there in chapter 17. But what's different is the location of the test. A, a man, a person, is tested by their praise, by the praise that they receive. In, in chapter 17, the Lord tests the heart. It's internal. It's what's going on inside of you. But here, a man is tested by his praise. It's external. You are tested by the things that are said about you, the things that other people see within you. Paul would say the things that are praiseworthy, right? Paul talks about whatever is praiseworthy. Think about these things. The things that others see in you that they see the reflection of the refiner in. The things that other people talk about. I've been so blessed over the years to be around a lot of cancer patients. Some of those survivors are here, and some of them are people that we've loved very, very dearly. One of the things that I, I think I see every time I've been around a cancer patient is the perspective that it gains. They just don't sweat the little things anymore, do they? Do you? The little things just don't bother you. Those struggles that I get upset about, those things that test my patience, those things that get me all, all, all angry, that, uh, those cancer patients, they, they have a different perspective. They've been through the fire, and it's given them a perspective of peace. They have endured so much, and what is left is so often joy and peace. You've, you've seen that, right? You've seen that. And the key to you and me is in this last line in verse 21. A man or a woman is tested by praise. Now, it's, it's not the praise that that person offers. It's not the things that that person praises. But it is the praise that others have for that person. We need that. Because if you're like me, you realize you're awful hard on yourself. If you're like me, you realize you see your own imperfections way too clearly. You see where you've screwed up over and over again. You recognize where you failed and, and you get frustrated. And you need... You, you need someone who can be there for you. We need those who are close enough that they have a perspective on the process that we are going through. They see how your attitude has changed. They see how your patience is growing. People who love you, people who care about you, and people who see the reflection of the refiner in you. Last week's proverb was also about metal. It was a different metal. Said, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You sharpen another person. You ask those tough questions. I encourage you to ask tough questions of your friends. Ask questions like, how are you doing? No, really. How are you really doing? 
That's an important question as iron sharpens iron. I think there's another question you need to be asking your closest friends, the people that you trust, people who know you, people who know your soul. There's a question you need to be asking. Don't be afraid to ask this question because they love you and they will tell you the truth and they will tell you the truth in love. Every now and then you need to ask the people who know you the best. You need to say, how am I doing? How am I doing really? Uh, What are you seeing in me? Am I becoming better? Am I becoming bitter? What direction do you see my heart going? About halfway through the book of Job, Job's wife has told him to, to give up. His friends have told him that he's screwed up. Job has lost his wealth. He's lost his health. He's lost his home. He's lost his children. He is tenuously holding on to his faith and he is trying desperately to trust God in this process that he can't understand. He can only feel and go along with the ride. And about halfway through the book of Job, halfway through that testing, Job in chapter 23, verse 10, he says of God, he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever it is that is trying you, and whatever it is that comes next, trust God in the process and find peace in what he creates in you. And we have a little card for you this week. This card has both of this week's verses on it, chapter 17, verse 3, and chapter 27, verse 21. We kind of run them together, and we've made one verse out of the two. The crucible is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart, but people are tested by their praise. What you do with this week's card is is up to you. (laughs) Maybe you need this card this week. Maybe you've been through the fire. Maybe you're feeling it, and you need this card this week. You're going through some stuff, and you need a reminder that God is watching over you as a refiner. Maybe you got a friend who's going through some tough stuff. Maybe you've got a friend that's going through some difficulty, and you need to give them to the give the card to them. And tell them what you see happening in them. They need your perspective. They need to hear from you. Tell them what you're seeing in their lives. Maybe you give that card to a friend and encourage them to trust God in the process and see what he creates in them. We take communion every week. Every week we take the bread that reminds us of a of Christ's body, Jesus' body broken. We take the cup that reminds us of his blood shed. Every week, God invites us. The Father invites us into that process, doesn't he? Every week, the Father invites us into the greatest testing that anyone ever endured in all of humanity, and he endured it for us. We're invited to share in the pain, but we're also invited to share in the presence of the Father. That becomes crystal clear when we look into the face of Jesus. And so as we take it today, maybe today... As you take, you remember what what God is putting you through at this moment. Maybe you think about a friend. Remember what God is putting them through. But the point of the whole 
The point of the whole remembrance is that we do this together. No one suffers alone. No one suffers without a friend. No one suffers without family. No one suffers without someone who is there to care for them. And as we take, we commit. We are here. We are here for one another. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing. And we'll take the, take the Lord's Supper together. Father, we thank you for this reminder again this week. A reminder of the, the pain that your son went through. Lord, the, the trial and testing in the garden and, and on the cross. Father, we also are reminded that, that it was worth it for him to endure that so that he might know us and we might know him and through him we might know you. And so, Father, we pray for the, I pray for the testings and the trials that have come for my friends, and I, we want to pray for our friends uh, that, that are going through some difficult stuff. And so, Lord, as, as we take today, I pray that somehow the image of Christ is seen greater in us, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of those who are enduring right now. Lord, we want them to see Jesus in us. We want to be the one that comes alongside them and helps them in their troubles. Father, bless this time. Bless this cup that represents his blood. Bless the bread that represents his body. And bless us as we take this together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.